It is Crocodile Time. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm very excited to bring you this movie. It is Lake Placid. And welcome. Welcome. You. Right there. I'm talking to you. Welcome to the 31 Days of Dread. This is in October. This is where we do one horror movie a day for the entire month of October. We're in our crocodile block. That's right. We got we got two croc movies back to back. Let's get to it. Let's get through that intro. We have a lot to talk about. Alright everyone, before we get into something spooky, let me tell you something. Trial by Fire. It's my comic book available right now on Indiegogo. Link in the description. And I will see you on the printed page. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Alright, so I, I gotta slow down just a little bit because I'm still deep in my October grind. We're doing Inktober. That's on my Instagram, aka pad69. People, I have a nine to five. <laughs> I got a job to maintain. You know, so that's been kicking up. Uh, you know, I got two comic projects like growing co co congruently. It's just a lot of work. But the 31 Days of Dread, part of to me, what makes this very like important. What, why is it important? Because essentially, you know, like we try and find and sometimes even like rediscover the movies people forgot and then sometimes we watch movies that are popular and you see why they're popular you see why they may be like resonated this is that case i always heard about lake placid I, <laughs> when i sat down to watch lake placid i thought i was watching this other movie called primeval which is based on the true story that's not that now lake placid and crawl are next two movies they're potentially the two greatest crocodile horror movies of all time. Primeval, uh, it might be three. It might be in the, the, the top two. It might be better than Lake Placid. Uh, it really might. I I have to re-explore that movie and kind of like categorize it in, in this fashion. So it was late. It was late a couple nights ago. Like I'm talking 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And a, a lot of, I don't want to call it a grind. I'll call it like a process. But a lot of what I exercise during the 31 Days of Dread is, you know, I do that brain dump that, uh, like, I, I clear wrong term there, people. I'm sorry. I, I um, you know, I, I take away some of my, like, triggers. So a lot of times when we sit down to watch something on Netflix or Amazon Prime, Hulu, we we just we just want to scroll. We we don't really want to pick a movie, and we're more into like the thumbnails than the content. During the Thirty One Days of Dread, this is released for me. I don't recognize it. If I'm if I if I sit down and I hit something or like I see a thumbnail, I I start watching it. There's a lot of movies that I start for the 31 Days of Dread that don't even make it to a um, potential lineup because I let my curiosity get the best of me. I, I love, I had a you know, lady friend over yesterday and I started like three separate movies, uh, you know, because I love the beginning of movies. I don't know why. I just... I would sit down all day and just do nothing but watch the beginnings of movies because I love um, 
you know, setting the mood. You know, I, I, I William Fred, I think it's William Fredkin. He said, great beginnings are easy. Great endings are easy. Great middles are hard. I, I, you know, like there's so much truth. It might even Arthur Miller, but you know, like there's so much truth to that theory, to, to that idea. But when we get into the nineties and, and this, this is a 1999 movie. So I previously was just discussing 1999 is, is the most forward year in film history because of what came out. Okay. So we have a major Hollywood creature feature. That, uh, you know, I would say is someone bringing back a, a genre that was gone for a while. So we have to accredit Lake Placid for bringing back the, the creature feature, uh, like in this way, because, you know, like, I think this movie would lead to like eight legged freaks and even bats and, and there, there's a lot. So thank you, Lake Placid. So I put this movie on and it's, it's super early in the morning. And my head, it just explodes. It just explodes because of the names I see around the, the movie. Okay, like it's, it really fascinated. It got to me. Um, music by John Ottman. Oh my God, I'm a huge John Ottman fan. Uh, if you watch any of the X-Men movies, he most likely did the music. We have our cast Okay, Bill Pullman, I had no idea. Bridget Fonda, I had no idea. Because you got to remember, I'm sitting down thinking I'm watching a different movie. <laughs> I kind of knew relatively early when I saw, like, the, <laughs> the the lake and the forests and stuff. And I'm like, this is not set in Africa. What movie is this? But we have the, uh, Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Brandon Greed. Or, or no, I'm sorry, Brandon Gleason. And we also have the fantastic Oliver Platt, who is dynamite in this movie. I I love Oliver Platt, whatever he's in, because he's such a unique looking guy. Like his everything about him is unique, and he always kind of plays this uh, like little bit of a of a chauvinist. And it's cool because he's like an unsuspecting chauvinist, and you know he always needs to like like lure the girl in, which is which is incredible. <coughs> sorry, and then <coughs> sorry, and then we have Stephen Miner. Stephen Miner comes from the school of Friday the Thirteenth. He might be the most successful director to come out of any of those movies. Long career. In film directing, long career in TV production, which leads us to our script writer, written by. Are you ready for this, David E. Kelly? The yeah, I said it. The co-creator of Doogie Howser, <laughs> Picket Fences. Uh, the list goes on and on for David E. Kelly. Uh, I is he still married to Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't know. Um, Ali McBeal, it, it's, it's endless. David E. Kelly, uh, top five, top 10 film, uh, TV producers, creators like ever on planet earth. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, okay. I may kind of remember this movie getting a warm reception Yeah, you know, but holy crap. And then the, the real bombshell credit wise hits me. And look, look, this is a part of a definition of 90s credits, okay? There's 
this idea this is one of the reasons why like i love watching movies like x-men apocalypse because of the opening credit sequence there's something to opening a movie and 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 you kind of have a little bit of a spectacle before the movie begins because it sets it does set the mood it and i feel like it's a little bit of an art form that's gone today it just doesn't exist so you know the, the opening credits for this movie it's like a camera underneath the water it's just really cool eerie and it does set the mood and it gives us a uh, an idea what the environment is but then like the real bombshell creature effects by stain winston and that was like the, a real wtf moment because i'm it, like you should know every single movie stain winston touched like it should just be in your film cat like vernacular. So I yeah, I was I was totally upset. I didn't know that. So it's two thirty in the morning and your boy here cracks open. Well, not cracks open. I, I worked out earlier that night. I had like a late workout, maybe like ten, eleven o'clock at night. One of my interim workout drinks was like two PBRs and one half of a of a Mountain Dew Kickstarter, Mountain Dew flavored Kickstarter, which is a incredible energy drink. I mix it together. I work out with it. So I just dumped the rest of the Kickstarter <laughs> into like the rest of the beer and I was up. So I, I, yeah, like I would say I lasted up until like the last like 10 minutes of this movie. But the entire time, I'm just like so into it because like this is a it's a formulaic movie but it's with the david e kelly like uh relationship and character twist and and it you know like we do set up these characters nicely we set the stakes up nicely the first on-screen death of this movie is a decapitation the the crocodile just shoots out of the water bites off some dude's head uh oh yeah and also betty white's in this movie <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so funny. It's bizarre and she's like the bizarre character in in all of this so this this idea that a giant giant like uh, monster truck size crocodile and we see that at the end credits you know this giant crocodile is living in this lake in maine where it's not supposed to live and our Oliver Platt plays, and this plays into our next movie. He plays our expert character, which is pretty much a 90s trope that no one discusses. It just frustrates me. No one brings that up. But he's like the guy that knows everything. So throughout the movie, he's just giving you National Geographic facts, just spewing it out. Which is very, it, it is helpful because those facts get embedded in your mind. And while stuff's happening in the movie you're you're kind of um like you know saying it to yourself you're saying but they can't see underwater like maybe maybe this is like helpful and stuff like that and then we have like bill palman bridger fonda bridger fonda who looks phenomenal in this movie um you know like there's a little bit of a of you know, like a love interest there. We have Oliver Platt just being you know Brandon Gleason uh who is uh, he's in so many movies. I want to say like uh, Gangs in New York, right? He's one of the guys in Gangs of New York. I, I think I'm wrong, but he's always like an Irish thug or something. I guess I guess he does that well. I, I could be mixing it up, but he's in a million movies. Uh, I just love his look too. But no, and 
it's like we have these elements where we have like a love interest and then we have this like crocodile that's huge heavy weighs probably a few tons it moves like lightning and it's just like this movie just works so well because the melodrama is pretty much like perfectly scripted it's perfectly done it's not overdone it's not underdone there's uh, the movie has a good hook at the end there's two of them there's two crocodiles like yeah <laughs> and yeah that hook comes at the very end the, when the bigger one is like subdued he it, they capture the crocodile because it gets wedged within a helicopter <laughs> okay but it's like this movie has a level of ridiculousness to it it has a level of creature feature to it it has a level of like you know we're going to update this genre type uh, momentum as you're watching this movie there's like a one upsmanship while you're watching this these are all the things that make this movie great now how did i not know that this movie also had like six sequels okay there's lake placid 2 2007 lake placid 3 2010 lake placid the final chapter 2012 lake placid verse anaconda 2015 lake placid legacy 2018 <laughs> like what is happening here uh the budget for this movie according to wikipedia uh you know roughly like we'll just call it 30 million box office 60 million so like and there you go like we we have one of the best crocodile movies ever made rightfully so uh wait right it's crocodile not alligator maybe i'm saying no it's crocodile <laughs> i was about to redo this but no no uh very exciting just very exciting to watch this movie and to experience uh like this this 90s fest um really is because I cannot stress uh, contrasting this enough with Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, the the Day Twenty One movie, where that that's a, a stacked behind the camera, behind the camera, front of the camera. That the credits for that movie is stacked. The credits for this movie is stacked. But we have like a good screenplay and we have a bad screenplay. And, and I really think that's what it comes down to. Or, like, good execution, bad execution. It's really hard to know why, why movies go, like, off the rails sometimes. Like, everyone, like, it's all con conjuncture. Like, people just, like, fill in blanks. But, no, I mean, like, like one turns out great or, or fun, and one turns out very hard to watch. <laughs> it's amazing. But, everyone, 31 Days of Dread. Tomorrow, we're doing Crawl, which is the best crocodile horror movie ever created it's fantastic we're talk about it then i'll see you quick announcement quick announcement so this episode is dedicated to my father r.i.p tony deluca tony iron feet we love you and we miss you every single day 